right, what's good? I'd like to welcome y'all to another edition of the Major Music Lounge Podcast. Joined by your boy D-Dot for another episode. If this is your first time tuning into the Major Music Lounge Podcast, I'd like to talk all things music production, just as I like to do on my YouTube channel. You can actually go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube, as well as I like to post these streams to all the podcast streaming platforms, so like Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, you could actually also listen to this on those platforms. So if you're new to the Major Music Lounge podcast, like to interview other producers that may also have a background in content creation, as well as sound designing, also producers that may have placements, whether that's with like a major artist, as well as like in the film and TV space. So if you are a music producer and you do any one of the things that I just mentioned, I would love to have you on the Major Music Lounge podcast. Even artists, you're also welcome. I have had artists on the podcast in the past talk about some of the projects they're releasing, maybe also the producers that they work with. And in order to hit me up, you can hit me up on social media, Instagram and TikTok at d.underscoremajormusic, on Twitter, d.mme. And I'm not really on Facebook like that, uh, so my main platforms would be like Instagram and Twitter, so you could hit me up there. This week's topic is a topic that has been kind of um, debated in the music producer community for as long as I can remember, I've been making beats since like 2006 and every year since then, probably even before then, uh, producers and other creators have been debating over which DAW is better and I'm not necessarily here to debate that, but what I am here to talk about is finding your first DAW. So if you are already an established like beat maker or music producer, this episode may not be for you. It might be for you. You may want to hang around. But if you're new to music production, this episode is pretty much for you. So, you know, with that being said, let's kind of rewind. If you've listened to the podcast for quite some time, you might have heard some snippets and some bits and pieces of some of what I'm about to discuss. But when I first started making beats, um, officially it was 2006, but... If you want to kind of roll it all the way back, there was a program that I used around 2001, maybe 2002. Anyhow, I was at the time living with some friends and also working at a local Best Buy down in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I remember like one day I was just stocking software. Yes, kids. They used to actually put all the software on a disc and then you would insert disc in your computer and then and install that program into your computer. But um, the name of that app was called Magix Music Studio. And uh, I don't know if it's still around, honestly, but Magix Music Studio wasn't as in-depth as a lot of the current DAWs. And if you're, again, and again, if you're new to music production, a DAW is a digital audio workstation. So that's what most producers that have been making beats for a very long time will call it. But yeah, most of the DAWs now allow you to make your beats from the ground up. Anyhow, going back to Magic's Music Studio, it was mainly a loop-based program. So you went in, you picked out the loop, 
and then you found some drums and you put the drums behind it. you found a bass you put the bass behind it and you just kept it going until you were satisfied with the beat you couldn't actually play midi notes you couldn't even sample just like you would do then it was just strictly loop based production and then after that a few years passed by i want to say then it was about 2005 2006 I'd actually moved over from Lafayette, Louisiana to Dallas, Texas around that time. And I remember when I touched down here, um, one of the first programs that I got around that time was Reason 3. And uh, shout out to actually my good friend who's no longer with us, uh, 3D. But uh, 3D was actually my music producer mentor. And I remember one day might have been again 06 and he had came over to the crib and you know he was more of a hardware music producer he did a lot of his beats on the motif six i think it was at the time um but he came through and you know he had heard some of the um beats that i made previously using magic's music studio and even a little bit with reason but what he kind of did is when he sat down, he kind of shared some perspective with me that um, I took really with every DAW that I use till this day. And it got me to understanding really that, that uh, over time that is, it got me to understanding over time that a lot of these digital audio workstations are very similar at the end of the day. You know, um, from there, like in, in 2006, I went over then and started to use um, Logic 8. It was like two years later, uh, 2008. And then uh, Reason also came out with an update. I was still using Reason at that time. But around 2008, going into 2009, um, that was actually the very, very first time that I had actually had a beat that was on a commercial project and uh shout out to boom boom actually released a new album uh boom is a, a artist that has actually been on the major music lounge podcast and i've done a lot of work with since i've started doing music boom came over to my crib just like 3d did and 3d is actually his brother but he came over to the house too and i remember this moment clear as day me and boom was just chilling at the crib and I was just making some beats at the moment. And then Boom was just like, you know, I need one more track, maybe even two. And I remember I ended up making the intro right there on the spot for him. In addition to, um, I made another song um, that was called Trial Girl that he released on that album, New King on the Block. And then also kind of around 2008 as well, like I remember latter part of that year i also bought a mpc uh 2000 excel that was kind of my introduction into hardware at that point and um i used the the mpc 2000 excel for actually a couple of years and i actually made quite a few beats that went on some projects around that time and i really enjoyed using uh hardware and with that kind of being said, you know, I continued to use the MPC 2000 Excel. And then, then later on, I had an accident. So at the time, I told this story as well on the podcast. And around the same time 
as um, the MPC. I was also using an iMac at that time. Um, and you probably, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen the pictures of the MPC 2000 Excel on my desk. And then right above that, you had the iMac. Uh, I think it was like a 07 model iMac. That's when they still had the PowerPC um, processor in there. And I think it was something like a 17 inch um, but I'd had that for a couple of years and I made a beat one night and then the next day I went in to mix the beat. But when I went to power on my computer, I got this blue screen to death. So yeah, after that, I ended up having to sell my MPC and the reason I sold my MPC was to buy another computer. So around that time, I was also introduced to machine and just the whole machine ecosystem. And I gotten introduced to machine because I saw a lot of other producers that were using it at that time. And it looked pretty cool to me because it, it was one of the first programs that really allowed you to use the software and the, the machine hardware to create uh, before like... Akai got into this and Ableton got into it and, you know, a lot of these other companies. So I thought it was a really unique concept. Um, now, I just took a chance and bought it. I watched a lot of YouTube videos on machine at that time. And pretty much ever since, let's say 2010 or maybe even 2009, let's just say since around that time, I pretty much, I would say, been using machine as my primary DAW of choice. I still, at that time though, was using Logic. I think it was Logic 9 over that time, then Logic 10 eventually came out. And Machine's been through several different changes along the way as well. In fact, there was Machine, Machine uh, 2, and that's kind of where we are. They've had several updates. I don't know necessarily there'll be another Machine update um, in the near future. Hopefully there will be, but, um, over that time, I kind of stayed with machine. And over those years, we go, you know, again, it's 2009, 2010, and then 2015 hits. And I go to this iStandard music producer camp, and I meet all these guys that are making beats on iPad using Beatmaker 2. So I go, I start researching that as well, because it looked interesting to me. And I remember at the time, um, I had saw some other people online that was just making beats on iPad in uh, GarageBand. So I was kind of starting to get on that train. I, I had actually had an iPad Mini, and I was making beats using GarageBand, still doing all the other stuff that I did. But then uh, I then purchased Beatmaker 2, and I started making beats in that as well. And that kind of led me to go into more other beat making programs. And on the iPad, it's a little bit different. So your, your apps aren't going to cost as much as their desktop or computer counterparts. Uh, for example, like you can get started with Beatmaker 3, um, which of course came out after Beatmaker 2, but uh, Beatmaker 3 was like $24.99, and I think Beatmaker 2, um, and this was, again, 2015, so I might be wrong, but I think I paid maybe like 12 bucks for Beatmaker 2, 
But at that time, uh, BeatMaker 2 was MIDI capable, so you could play using a uh, MIDI keyboard on top of you are able to play what we call interrap audio, which uh, not MIDI, but just an audio track that there were these other like synthesizers. I know like Arturia um, made some of those IAA or interrap audio apps that you were able to use within BeatMaker 2. And then it evolved into audio units, which are the same or similar to like VST plugins that you would see on your desktop counterparts. And um, then after that, a few years went by, which I did also get some tracks that I made off of that iPad onto some other projects, my personal projects, because I am an artist as well. So there were songs that I did. Um, there was one called Motion Picture Life, which was on Major Moves 2 that I released a video for. That whole beat was actually made in Beatmaker 2. And uh, I decided to use it for my album. And, you know, after that, really, I went back to using MPC1. If you follow this channel, you see all the um, beat making videos I did with MPC1. And the only reason I went to MPC was because I was used to that workflow going all the way back to like uh, the MPC 2000 Excel. So I told that story to really outline at the end of the day, find yourself a DAW that you're real comfortable using. Now, with all of that being said, all of those different apps or music making programs that I tried over those years, a lot of them do not have trial versions, but there are some of them that do. I think FL Studio does. There was that one time. I think Reason actually still does have a um, trial version that you can download. That is the first step in, I would say, trying to find your DAW of choice or whatever beat making program that you want to use because never before as me being a creator for as long as I have been, have I ever heard a, a music fan say, oh, I don't like that song because it was made in FL Studio. Oh, I don't like that because it was made in Logic. Oh, but I like that one because it was made in Machine. You know, you don't hear music fans say that thing. You don't hear music fans say things like that. So, you know, you may consult with some other people and they might steer you in a certain direction. But at the end of the day, all of these apps, all of these DAWs are designed for us to be able to create music. And, you know, whether that's, um, I've even had some friends that they've, uh, loan me hardware to try out to see if like I like certain synthesizers or invited me to go to their studio so I could try out a certain app or a certain program to see if I like it and uh, I remember even like one of my friends back then that's when Logic Pro 8 came in the big box with like 12 discs that you had to install that kind of took you what about 12 hours or so to install and um, I remember he gave me that big box. He had already had Logic installed on his computer. And he's like, man, go ahead, see if this will work. And try it out. And I tried it out. And when I tried it out, um, Logic to me, 
I like the simplicity of it. I like the fact that I could find all the sounds that I needed. I like the fact that um, I can find a place to do my inserts as far as like my plugins and where I want to uh, send my signal in case I want to create a bus track that have uh, different plugins on it, maybe like a reverb or a delay. So I like the simplicity of Logic and um, it reminded me also it was similar at that time to what Reason was doing. In fact, I still think Logic and, and Reason have some similarities to them. Now, Logic, you can, of course, do more um, like create, like you can uh, lay down vocals and create yourself a whole track from the ground up in Logic. Not to say uh, Reason, you, you can't necessarily do that. You do need, you know, some additional um, software in order to do so. But I say that to say, like, when it comes to these programs, ask yourself, really, what do you want to do? Do you just want to make beats? Do you want to have pretty much a music studio and kind of like one program to where you can record vocals and, you know, everything else? Um, also, do you want to be mobile? Do you want to have a larger screen? Because maybe if you're into like the Mac world, you might be looking at an iMac or if you're in a PC world and you're just buying everything from the ground up, you might want to buy yourself a larger monitor. And then also pricing is another thing that you got to really consider. Because just like I was saying earlier, like you may find um, these iPad music production apps for anywhere from like uh, 10 bucks to I know like Cubasis goes all the way to like 50 bucks, which is still a fraction of what you would pay. Like I have uh, Machine Micro and that was 349. That included the machine software and that also included the um, controller for machine. And then like um, even there's the MPC Beats software, which is gonna be on the computers, but it's a free software that you would just need really to buy yourself a MIDI controller to use to make beats inside of the MPC software. So all of these things are really um, questions you got to ask yourself. And then really after that, it comes down to the workflow. So that's why I say spend some time with someone that may have a app or a program that you're interested in that there there may not be a trial version for and you know you may have a good friend that might let you borrow you know their computer or their ipad for a day or two just to see if you like it you know you never know if you have a good relationship with that person you're a trustworthy person they might trust you with their property so you know that's some some ways you can go ahead me um you know i, I was once that guy that I'll be like, oh, you don't use machine, you whack. And I'm not so much that way anymore, but um, you know, I always just say there's not really going to be one DAW that I would say is head and shoulders better than the next. Now, I like machine primarily because I love the workflow. You know, I would never tell anybody it's better than whatever app that they want to use. I know some people that make some fire beats using Ableton. You know, I know some people that make fire beats using FL Studio. So it's really all about you and what you like. Um, another app, you know, I mentioned it before, but Beatmaker 3, that's probably my number one app to use to make beats on the iPad. The reason I like it, again, simplicity, 
Um, I know where everything is. I know how to use everything in Beatmaker 3. I can just get up. I can just open up Beatmaker 3 and start making a beat within minutes. Same thing with Machine. Biggest thing, there are a lot of people that do videos on these, tutorials on these, and you know, go on YouTube, look up some of these tutorials. They might speak on the workflow. And myself, I mean, if you have any questions on anything you see me using, feel free to reach out. There's never a time where I'll turn anybody away and say that I won't help them. And, uh, you know, if I can't help you, then I'll point you in the right direction of somebody that does use that program. Because I, I can guarantee that I know at least one person that uses everything that I just mentioned. Um, all the apps that I don't use personally. So... You don't necessarily think it's really a hard process in, as far as finding out what should be your first DAW and what you know you should use to make beats because the debate's gonna always go on. There's always gonna be a debate about oh which uh, beat making app or beat making program you want to use to create, and I just say find something that you're comfortable with using. So. That's pretty much all that I have for this episode of the podcast. I just wanted to make something uh, because I'm going to start doing some of these shows where I'm kind of going solo and just talking about different topics in between the times where I may have someone on to do an interview. If you're a producer and you're watching this and you would like to come on and interview, definitely hit me up on all these social platforms. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram at d dot underscore major music. Same thing on TikTok. You could also hit me up on Twitter at d dot mme. If you like this video or this podcast, uh, if you're on YouTube watching, please go ahead hit the like and subscribe button. I like to upload these on a weekly basis. I am going to be taking some time off pretty soon. This is my little summer break. Um, but I will be back, and if you follow me on those other platforms, you're going to know when I come back, but definitely hit me if you're looking to be on the show. With that being said, I'm looking to interview other music producers that create content that are music production app developers, so also music producers that have placements, whether that's with a major artist or whether that's in the film or TV space. I would love to get you on a Major Music Lounge podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's your boy D. Dot, and I'm out.